Today's reading is from the book of Exodus, chapters 3, verses 1 to 14. You can find these verses on pages 59 and 60 in the Bible's plates at the back of the chairs. Exodus chapter 3 verses 1 to 14. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, as Moses said to him, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way of the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent to you, sent me to you. And they asked me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your written word. We thank you also for your Holy Spirit. And we pray that your Spirit will help each one of us as we look at your written word now. And we ask it in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Do you know what clickbait is? It's a headline or a link maybe on a website or social media. It's something written to try and get you to click onto the next page. 
Now, it might be something really intriguing, like, uh, remember this particular celebrity. See what he or she looks like now. So, of course, you want to do that. So, you click. And usually end up on a page full of ads, and it's, it's no use. It's not as exciting as the headline suggests. Well, if I was writing a clickbait headline for the passage this morning, I thought it might be something like this. Shepherd brings sheep to wilderness. You won't believe what happened next. And actually it is quite exciting. So we're going to look at that passage. If you want to click through to the Bible passage, it's on page 59. You won't find any ads, but you will find an amazing story. So let's start. So it begins as an ordinary day in the life of Moses, the same as any other day for the last 40 years. He'd been working for his father-in-law, tending sheep, far away from Egypt, which was where he had grown up, but from where he'd had to flee after he killed an Egyptian who'd been beating a Hebrew slave. I'm sure when Moses woke up that morning, he'd no idea that God was going to speak to him that day. The story is usually described as Moses and the burning bush. But it's really about God revealing himself, his character and his plans, and how Moses responds to that. The burning bush was really just God's way of getting Moses' attention. And we're going to look briefly at four questions that arise out of this passage. Who is God? What is God like? What are God's plans? And how does Moses respond? So who is God? Verse 4 tells us that God is a God who calls. And he called Moses by name. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. God has always been a God who calls. Earlier, he called Noah and Abraham. Later, he calls Gideon, Samuel, David, the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Jonah, many, many more. In the New Testament, Jesus, God's Son, called the apostles and many others. So God is a God who calls. Verse 5 we read, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. So not only is God a God who calls, God is holy. And we need to approach him with reverence in the way that he instructs. God's holiness, which we can think of maybe as his sense of utter perfection or utter purity or being separate from us, has always been made clear throughout the Bible. And he sets out very clearly here how Moses should approach him. In the New Testament, Jesus also made clear how we can approach God. 
Remember he told the disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John chapter 14 and verse 6. And this truth about how we can approach God is a truth that's under challenge in the church and outside the church. Those who proclaim that truth are often criticized as being narrow and not inclusive. However, while there are many ways to Jesus, Jesus is the only way to God. The God-ordained way to God. And it's only when we trust in the Lord Jesus for salvation that we are made clean and able to approach a holy God. That's why we made our confession this morning and finished through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So God, in his opening few words to Moses, has shown a little bit about who he is. But then he goes on to describe what he is like. What is God like? And verse 7, in one verse, he reveals a huge amount of his character. I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. So God sees. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. God hears the cry of his people. I am concerned about their suffering. God cares for his people. What a wonderful message for Moses and the Israelites to hear. The Israelites were down in Egypt being treated as slaves. Their suffering was unjust. It was great. It was all-embracing. They must have thought that God had forgotten them. They must have given up on God. And now Moses, and later they themselves, hear that God has seen their situation, he has heard their cry, and he cares. I'm sure there are many here this morning who are going through a tough time. Maybe it seems like it's never ending. Maybe it seems that God hasn't heard your cry. Does it seem that God doesn't care? Maybe you're here in body, but you've given up on God in your heart. As many of you know, I work with Church in Chains, which supports and advocates for the persecuted church around the world. During this past week, I was involved in a prayer vigil for Christians in Eritrea, a small country in Africa. Churches in Eritrea were closed down 20 years ago this month. Some church leaders in Eritrea have been imprisoned for the past 18 years without any charge. The situation seems hopeless. It seems like it's never ending. Has God heard their cry? Are they tempted to think that God doesn't care? These are big questions that we all face. On Thursday, 
We heard their story. We prayed. We lamented. Many participating shared verses from the Psalms about God being with his people in tough times. So God sees, God hears, and God cares. The third question, what are God's plans? Verse 8 we read, God speaking to Moses, So I have come down to rescue them from the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. What a contrast to what the Israelites were going through. And God didn't just have a plan to get the Israelites out of Egypt. He had a plan to bring them into the promised land. God's purposes are always good for his people. But as we see even from the example of Eritrea and from our own lives, that doesn't mean that our lives as Christians will be an easy life, nor that God will act at the time that we expect. We've heard Vita talk this morning about some of the difficulties of being a Christian in her country of Belarus. We look out at our world and see so much suffering. And we pray so often for God to act in these situations, and we personally cry out to God to act in our situation. From this verse we learn that God does act in his time. And from the previous verse we've seen that God sees and hears and cares. This is what our God is like. What happens if God doesn't answer our prayer immediately? Probably the greatest evangelist and teacher of the early church was the Apostle Paul. He described praying to God to take away a thorn in his side. And for 2,000 years people have wondered what was that thorn? We don't know what it was, but it was something that caused Paul huge problems on a day-to-day basis. So much so that he asked God to take it away. And when God didn't take it away, he asked him again. And then he asked him again. And then Paul had to come to terms with it. God didn't take it away. Instead, he gave him a promise. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So God is telling Moses that he's coming down to rescue. But even when God doesn't come to rescue at the time we hope for, His promise is to give us strength to cope with whatever we're going through. The second part of God's plan is in verse 10. God is going to use Moses. So God says to Moses, so now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Well, I wonder what Moses made of that. I mean, he must have been in a state of shock, seeing the the bush burning but not being consumed. Then he hears God's voice. Then he hears God's plans. 
And then suddenly he realizes that God is speaking to him and that he's going to be part of these plans. God uses surprising people. Earlier we were thinking of some of the people that God called and they probably wouldn't have been our picks. And now Moses is 80 years old we believe at this time an old runaway shepherd and God is picking him to be the leader of his people Israel. And that brings us through to our fourth question. How did Moses respond? Although he'd been living in obscurity for the last 40 years, his first 40 years had actually been quite exciting. He'd been rescued as a baby, remember? Moses in the bulrushes. Been brought up in Pharaoh's palace. He'd had a strong bond with his own people, a strong sense of justice. He took the law into his own hands when he killed an Egyptian slave driver and then he had to run away for his life. And then after 40 quiet years, his life was going to get exciting again. But what was his response? Verse 11. Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Have you ever heard of imposter syndrome? It's an overwhelming feeling that you're not up to the role that you're playing. Whether that be in your school, in your job, in your sport... You feel you don't have the gifts, you don't have the talents, you don't have the temperament to perform this role. And you can think of many other people who would do it far better. You feel like a fish out of water. Maybe you've never felt like that. Um, but I think I've often felt like that. And I would think that maybe some of you have felt like that too. And believe me, you could even feel like that if you were standing up preaching a sermon. You really could. What was God's answer to Moses' response? We have it in verse 12. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship me on this mountain. I often run in Shangana Park on a Saturday morning at Park Run. Park Run is a five-kilometer run around Shangana Park. For me, it's a test to see how quickly I can uh, run five kilometers. A few weeks ago, a group from Bray Runners Athletic Club came along, and they acted as pacers. Now, if you don't know too much about running, let me tell you what a pacer is. It's very simple. A pacer is a very good runner who can run judge pace and run five kilometers in a particular time. And Bray Runners had various times on their, on their backs. So I looked out for the guy who had a 22 on his back. So I stood closely to him right from the start, right through the, um, the five kilometers of the distance, and it was great. He helped me achieve my goal. It was very simple. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to worry about my pace. All I had to do is keep close 
to him and he brought me safely home. He was with me. God had to remind Moses that it wasn't about Moses and his gifts and his talents or his lack of them as he saw them. It was about God being with Moses. All Moses had to do, like I had to do with the pacer, was keep close to God and obey him. One commentator on this passage who I read during the week said, Moses' reaction was, I can't, so I won't. God wanted to bring him to say, I can't, but he can, so I will. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. I don't know your situation. I don't know what God has called you to do. I don't know what God may call you to do. We're called to serve God in our families. Wherever we are during the week, whether that be school, work, college, in our neighborhoods, in a sports club, maybe God will call you to do something in the church, either here at Crinken or in another church or another organization or in another country. When I first heard the call of God on my heart to be an advocate for the persecuted church, I was sitting on a park bench in Merrion Square. Now, very proud to tell you that I immediately reacted to God's call in the very same way as Moses did. I went off and I tried to get somebody else to do it. And I'm very grateful that the person I went to was a wise Christian who told me to sit down, think, pray, because he felt God was calling me to get involved in what became the work of Church in Chains. To cut that long story short, I had to learn I can't, but he can, so I will. Unfortunately, that wasn't quite enough for Moses on this occasion, and Moses brought a second question. Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What will I tell them? Our God is a gracious God. And he answered that question. And in the answer, he revealed a huge amount about who he is. God said to Moses in verse 14, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now what does that mean? Sounds very enigmatic. Almost sounds as if God was trying to hide himself. But actually... These words reveal who God is. When God says, I am who I am, there are several strands of meaning. One is that he doesn't have to explain himself by reference to any other person or thing. God is a self-existent and independent being. He is far above. I am 
who I am. He's the creator, the sustainer of everything. I am who I am. He's unchangeable in his character. He's also eternal. I am who I am can also be translated into I will be who I will be. And as I was thinking of this enigmatic phrase, I am who I am, my mind was drawn to when the Lord Jesus came and walked this earth. And the number of times that he said, I am. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am who I am, said God. So, as we begin to draw to a close, what have we learned this morning? We learned that God is a God who calls, and God is holy. We've learned that God cares. That's a truth that's echoed all the way through the Bible. Exodus is near the start of the Bible. If you go close to the end of the Bible, you come to uh, Peter's epistles, Peter's letters. And towards the end of the first of Peter's letters, he wrote to his hearers, Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. So God is a God who cares. We've learned that God has a perfect rescue plan. For Moses, it was the plan to rescue the Israelites out of Egypt. For us, God's plan is to rescue us from our sins through the Lord Jesus, who was described as the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. What is our response to this God? He's a great God, he's a good God, he's a rescue plan, and it's for everyone. And the Lord Jesus uh, spoke about it when he was speaking to Nicodemus. He said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. The question to us as we finish this morning is, will you say yes to God's call and be a part of what he has called you to do?